Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we have a really, a really big treat to me anyway. Father Tom Hartman is coming in to tell the story of how he became a priest and his life before he was a priest. Mm-hmm. If you don't know Father mm-hmm. Hartman, and I really didn't know him very well until this interview, uh, he has a fascinating story. Um, he's really just like, he had a life like many of the rest of us before he came, became a priest. So Speak I hope for you'll- yourself, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> Is your life never been full of turmoil? I uh, know. <laughs> so stick around for that. It's, it's a really great interview. So first we have Dr. Chris Bergwald here for Biblical Bites with Dr. B. Yes, ma'am. So Renee, what, what Sunday is it? Well, Bill told me before we started, it was the ninth Sunday, thank goodness, well, of ordinary Bill, time. <laughs> Bill is being tricky. <laughs> because Renee, what season are we in? Oh, I'm sorry. It's the first Sunday of life. <laughs> I, you uh, jerk. Yeah. What? I, oh. <laughs> and I'm you just, sorry. But you let him go with it. I totally did. I'm like, oh, Bill, why did you do that? Kind of evil today. I was like, he's going to correct me and I I'm you not gonna get away two are evil today. <laughs> Renee, it's Lent. How- <laughs> uh, I agree. How could you do that to me? The ashes are still somewhat fresh on your forehead. No, they're not. I took a shower. That's good to know. <laughs> All right, let's move along. So the first Sunday of Lent, as opposed to ordinary time, which end, when did that end, by the way? Oh, last that's right. Week. Last Tuesday. That's right. That's when the ordinary time was yeah. over. Uh, Renee, but actually, you get to choose your own adventure. Oh, I love those. Would you rather talk about the first reading or the gospel? Um, let's do just for fun the first reading. Okay, so real quick, so I'll, I do want to say something about the gospel, uh, and then we'll focus on the. So first I really reading. didn't get a choice. No, you do get a choice, <laughs> but people, the the gospel, the first, the gospel um, in Lent, this the gospel in the first Sunday of Lent is always about the. Uh, we're wandering the going out in the desert. Which hap- what happens there? He's tested, tempted. The temptation. temptation. Okay. So that's what the gospel's about. Account, Bill was not ready for that. <laughs> so, good job, Renee. You saved yourself from I did. The, the earlier misstep. Barely. Uh, the first reading, um, the first reading throughout Lent, actually, is always from the Old Testament, uh, as is almost always the case um, at Sunday Mass. Uh, but it's telling the story of salvation. Okay. Uh, the, the Old Testament portion of it. So we read this year, um, the first Sunday of Lent, the first reading. Um, what cycle are we in? C. C, right? Because the gospel is from, what did I say again? Luke? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know why I can't good. remember that for sure, but. <laughs> so year C, um, first reading from Deuteronomy 26. Moses spoke to the people saying, the priest shall receive the basket. This is about it, when, uh, when Moses is giving some of the liturgical norms, how they're oh, offering okay. the sacrifices. Um, basket from you. So you're, you're making an offering to the Lord, a tithe. Uh, he'll take the basket, put it for the altar, your God, of the your Lord, your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord, your God. So you, the person offering mm-hmm. the sacrifice, you shall declare before the Lord, your God. My father was a wandering Aramean who went down to Egypt with a small household and there lived as an alien. But there he became a nation, great, strong, and numerous. And it goes on from here. And we might, if time permitting, touch on some of this. Um, but, my father was a wandering Aramean who went down to Egypt with a small household and there lived as an alien. There's aliens in the Bible. You didn't realize that, did you? <laughs> I've seen ancient aliens on TV. I you, knew it. You called it. <laughs> Very good, Bill. What, so just out of here. So that, first of all, alien. What? what, what? Uh, from another country. Right, right. Yeah. So alien, like we, it doesn't mean E.T. Right. 
This, means, that term has been used for centuries to exactly. mean someone who's not Somebody from that country. from another country. Yeah. So E.T. would be from another country, which is right. kind of why we- <laughs> Really far away country. <laughs> but, but my father was a wandering Aramean. What if your father wasn't a wandering Aramean? I mean, he's, is he, I'm so confused by this. So, well, well uh, okay. So you, you don't Corrected. have any, you have no idea. What does that mean? I don't know. What's an Aramean? I don't know. So, and right. So I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> I'm good at it. There was, there was a good gamble. That that was, there was a, I took a yes. chance. Because <laughs> uh, you got several in a row, right? Right. So, I got this one right too. Um, <laughs> you, Did what you know. wanted. <laughs> <clears throat> this is referring to Jacob. Oh, okay. So my father, not my immediate dad. Okay. So when you're offering the sacrifice, you're speaking about my ancestor. Okay. Jacob, who was a wandering Aramean. Well, Jacob, um, if if you recall, Jacob for a time after he deceived his dad and cheated his older twin brother out of the birthright for what? Such a good guy. A pot of porridge, wasn't it, or something? <laughs> no anyway, idea. Uh, he went off um, to where his mom was originally from, um, he, and his, his mom had been Aramean. So he beca- Jacob became in a sense a wandering. He, he married. He goes to his uncle's house, Laban. Marries Laban's end up two daughters. Um, so my father was a wandering Aramean. My father, my forefather Jacob, is wandering around, uh, and this was the very early stages. So I'm acknowledging that my father wandered around, but now we go into Egypt, and it goes on from there. We're getting a little piece of salvation history. All right. Well, I'm very confused still, but thanks for that, Doctor B. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> In the studio with me today, I have Father Tom Hartman. He is the pastor at St. Michael Parish here in Sioux Falls, the largest parish in the diocese. Although I think it goes back and forth with Holy Spirit a little bit, doesn't it? I do hear that. There's like this argument about this. I'm a Holy Spirit parishioner and there's this, we're bigger, we're bigger, no, we're bigger, no, we're... (laughs) Maybe it changes daily. I think I heard it on a program with Deacon uh, Deacon Pat. (laughs) That would never have happened just recently. I've heard it recently, (laughs) yes. Well, you know, St. Michael has been a large parish for a long time. So you have a lot of responsibility over there and a lot of people counting on you, don't you? I do. Yeah. But but again, it's it's part of the call. It's part of the adventure too. Yeah. How long have you been at that parish? Uh, Just since July 1st is, is since I've been the pastor. Right. But I did happen to be the associate there for two years. I didn't know that. So that was towards yeah. the beginning of your priesthood. That was the first two years. Oh, that's so. awesome. So yeah. were there people that were still there? When oh, you absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah, it actually it hasn't was, been that long. Huh? No, no, it actually <laughs> helped make the, the decision process and praying through it much okay. easier. Yeah. Right. To go back to say, yeah, I can see myself. at say, right. I was there. Right, right. You know? right. I like that parish. I can do that. Yeah. Good. All right, so uh, Father Hartman is here to tell us about how he got his call to the priesthood. Um, he has a story that most priests don't have, especially pre-priesthood. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, should be a good story. So, Father Hartman, will you just tell us a little bit about where you grew up, um, that kind of stuff, early on? Yeah, so I, I grew up in Millbank, South Dakota, oh, okay. and I grew up in a family of uh uh, there's 12 of us, 12 of us kids. Oh my goodness. And so anyway, six boys, six girls. And my dad ran a, the family grocery store. And okay, in Millbank. So, in Millbank. Okay. So as he ran that through the years, you just grew up in a family business. And I was going to say, you guys I, did a lot of stocking shelves, right, didn't you? <laughs> and facing shelves and yep. cleaning, whatever it took, shoveling mm-hmm. sidewalks. Mm-hmm. But 
But in the end, uh, I continued to work there up until I was 41 before, oh, wow. I, before I entered seminary. Okay. So, so Did yeah, you kind of take it over for him then? The, so yeah, yeah, my dad passed away in 1995 okay. and myself and two other brothers uh, took over that particular store. We had another one in the neighboring town of Hortonville. Okay. So there are two of those stores. Are those still in the family then? Run uh, we by have the, family? the one in Hortonville, the uh-huh. one in Millbank we just sold. Uh, about a month and a half. Ago. Oh wow! Okay. So, What's it yeah. called? I'll have to check uh, that out sometime. That one was called Hartman's Family Foods. Okay. But originally it was Bill Super Value. My dad was Bill. Oh, okay, so. sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So you had a big, big family growing yeah. up. Yeah, big family, big Catholic family. You know, definitely a family where vocations were encouraged. Mm-hmm. Your mom and dad would have loved to. Of course, you know that there they would have loved to know that they have a, a priest in the family. Yep. And yep. so. They probably uh, it, know. It just took a little while. Mom <laughs> yeah. is still around, right? Good. So, Good. of course, she's still my she's my biggest fan, right? <laughs> sure. So, yeah, she knows how to reply on Facebook. <laughs> so she sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so as I kind of mentioned there a little bit for those who don't know you, um, you how long have you been a priest? This is going. I'm going into my fifth year, but this okay. is four full years. Okay, so. so you haven't been a priest very long. You have a whole nother life you lived before priesthood. Right. So can you tell us about what you did before that? Yeah. So I was, uh, um, I was in the family grocery business. Mm-hmm. I, I went immediately from the family gross from high school into the family grocery business, went, worked until I was 41. But in that meantime, I was married at a young age. Mm-hmm. I was married just out of high school. Uh, wow. And, right. And so, <laughs> In some Brave. ways, well, in some ways you could just say probably young and foolish, just sure. really not, uh, not really knowing what I was, what right. I was doing or what we were doing and right. getting into. Yeah. You didn't uh, just do that all by yourself. That's right. for sure. <laughs> so, so yeah. So in that, in that course of that time, uh, as I was married young, but I was also divorced young sure. and I had two kids. Okay. So I'm a priest who has sitting before <laughs> you with two kids. My son, Isaiah is 30. Uh-huh. He's a, a firefighter for Denver South Metro. Oh, wow. And then my daughter is an English teacher in Millbank. Uh, both are married. Natasha mm-hmm. uh, uh, married Christian Carls, a farmer from Millbank. Mm-hmm. And I have two grandsons. Uh, Very nice. Grant and Gavin. And on Isaiah's side, who married Megan, is we have one on the way and due at the end of April. So it should be three boys under the age of two. So it's <laughs> It's a lot of fun. So as if priests aren't busy enough, (laughs) you have the fun of grandchildren too, which probably is a welcome relief sometimes to be able to, um, not that, not that priesthood is terrible, but you get to kind of experience what your parishioners are experiencing. Unlike what many priests are able to do. Yeah, no, that's true. I think uh, in some ways I'm kind of like a hybrid of some sort, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, it is a, yeah, it's, it's beautiful that you have this kind of this, this built in family that's mm-hmm. there that you go back to, you, you know, mm-hmm. just like any grandpa, you spoil those <laughs> grandkids while you're with them. Right. Right. And, right. and so anyways, it's a great joy. And yet at the same time, it is trying to figure out how to balance mm-hmm. in the midst of this, these two, uh, these two yeah, halls you know? for sure. And so. Yeah, so there it comes with its challenges, but yeah. at the same time, it uh, the joys outweigh yeah. outweigh the challenges yeah. that come with. It. Absolutely. Do you think that that experience of being married, having children, does that help you in things like marriage prep and um, any kind of counseling you might do with your parishioners? 
Yeah, I think uh, one of the areas, a couple areas that I do see it, marriage prep for me is actually a real joy, mm-hmm. you know. What, this divorce priest still considers marriage <laughs> a real joy, right? But I think there is there's part of that after that I had gone through the divorce uh, that I had to ask God a question, and it was, God, what is love? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and he continued to unfold to me not only the the beauty of the way marriage should look, but he also started to reveal to me. But my heart was a little different. I had this priestly heart, you mm-hmm. know, and and that this was where he was he was calling me uh, to serve in in that capacity. Sure. So anyway, so it just uh, uh, but in that in that discovery of of love. Uh, it, it healed me, mm-hmm. uh, healed me to be able to speak beautifully still about the sacrament right. of marriage, despite the pains, mm-hmm. but also being able to look at it from the perspective that, okay, I didn't do things right. You know, <laughs> right. And, you know, right. let me just show you what I've discovered. I right. hope you can discover it the same way. Yeah. That's got to be really helpful for people you work with. So. Yeah. And then it also helps for those out there that have uh, gone through divorce mm-hmm. and maybe haven't taken that step of the annulment process. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. So they they know that I've had to walk through that annulment mm-hmm. process. Otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here. Right. Cause you can't be a priest, I suppose, if you don't right. have that annulment. With all the annulment. <laughs> right. So, but, I, but what I found even for myself is in a, a couple of those discoveries, one is uh, in some of the help that I received uh, just through Catholic family services mm-hmm. programming, the divorced widow separated. Mm-hmm. And then also just the healing that I received from going through the annulment process. Um, it was beautiful because in some cases in the back of the church, uh, just before my diaconate ordination, I stood back there. I was scared. I was all those emotions. <laughs> but I, I said to myself, oh, this is what it is to be free, to really oh. enter into this moment. Mm. And I knew when I was walking up there that I was saying yes to God freely. Yeah. And so it was actually in some ways, even though it was uh, uh, a crazy moment, it still was beautiful in the fact that, yes, God, I'm coming mm-hmm. forward. I'm doing this of my own free will. Right. Very different uh, feeling of walking down the aisle than it was when you got married. And I got married. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Okay. So so now we we get that part. So I want to understand how you got a call to the priesthood when you're after all of that. And when did this start? So, well, actually the, the call to the priesthood actually happened probably back when I was just, a little kid. <laughs> okay. You know, so I was, you have a memory of something. I was that, just, okay. Yeah. I was just doing I had an interview um, about a week ago that they asked this question. I said, you know, I can think back to when that I was a third grader and the priest's name was father Hugh. And, uh, when he would come into the classroom at St. Lawrence in, in Millbank, he would come in and he looked like the Fonz, right? You know, <laughs> he was he was cool. And then he'd come in with a sucker in his mouth. And sure. He kind of torment. Better than a cigarette. <laughs> he'd kind of torment us a little bit, and he knew how to have fun with us. And at the same time, uh, there was something of him that in, inspired that I could even tell myself that I, I would have thought about being a priest mm-hmm. as far back as then. Mm-hmm. Uh, this desire continued. Uh, but as the, as the journey goes, uh, I actually was in seminary when I was a junior uh, in oh, okay. high school. Okay. And anyways, I don't want to get into too much detail, but in that year, I just, there was some persecution. There just wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. And I left the seminary really bitter. Oh, wow. You know, and 
and so in that time though, uh, that I, that I had to wrestle with this, I, in some ways I'm like, God, if this is, if this is what's going to happen, I'm not sure if I want anything more to do with you kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. So I, I can't say I completely walked away, but I, I just ended up leaving there with just a, an anger and right. bitterness in my heart. Right. That's uh, really sad. So <laughs> sad. And yet at the same time, in the end, it was all part of God forming me for the right. moment, you right. know, that there was part of me that had to work through forgiveness in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I was able to work through forgiveness of these, uh, of this hurt that I received, uh, God let me know it was a gift that I knew that I wouldn't pay it again. Right. 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 And so when he brought me through that, I think it was preparing me, you know, all this time for what, what was taking place. Okay. So anyway, so after I came back from seminary, you know, this is actually uh, where I met my future wife mm-hmm. at high school and ended up getting in a teenage relationship that wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that was when, um, after I left my senior year, uh, Becky was a senior in high school and I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so at that point, um, <laughs> there was having to face the reality of uh, talking to my parents having to face the reality of where I'm at. And it was like, God spoke to me and he says, are you doing that well without me? And you probably didn't have a good answer for that. <laughs> did you? Well, the only good answer is said, no, <laughs> you know? And so it was just kind of one of those eye openers and through the grace of our parish priest, you know, um, I went to him first mm-hmm. and it happened to be that when I went to him, he asked if I'd drive him, to Fargo and back. And anyways, on the way back from Fargo, I thought this is the perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so as we're coming down I-29 from Fargo, I got to about Sisseton and I was driving him and I'm spilling my guts and I'm crying while I'm driving. <laughs> and we could have used windshield wipers <laughs> on my eyes at that time. Right. And he says, Tom, pull over, pull over, you know, and I'm thinking we're pulling over uh, because he was going to drive and he was, had just got done taking some cancer treatment. Uh, you're like, nope. <laughs> but but he pulled over and he reached in his glove box mm-hmm. and he pulled out a stole and he put oh. it around himself and he said, that is the most beautiful confession I've ever made. And he absolved me of my wow. sins on I-29. <laughs> that and, does not happen very often, right? I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So anyways, but it was, it was such a powerful moment. Uh, there was a realization in that moment that I, I knew that it was better to suffer with God mm-hmm. than to suffer without him, you know? And so, so it was just like from that moment forward, I knew whatever was going to happen. I was back and mm-hmm. wherever this led, God, I'll follow you. You yeah. just have to continue to unfold it. Yeah. That's a and, great, that's a beautiful thing to say just as we're starting Lent. Mm-hmm. It's better to suffer with God than without him. Yeah. What a great thing. And sometimes I think, you know, to suffer without him is just plain misery. Right. Yes. It's right? really true suffering that right. has no purpose. Right. Almost. Uh, but in the end, yeah, to suffer with him, yeah. you know, there can, there can be that purpose, yeah. right? There yeah. can be that uh, value in it and, yeah. <laughs> and it's easier. Yes, <laughs> it is. It's just easier. <laughs> it is. You know? Yeah. Um, well, if you just joined us, we're talking to father Tom Hartman about his call to the priesthood. So after that time, that confession on I-29, did you, when was that? Like, was that closer to this, when you decided to become a priest? So, no, this was actually at this point, this was actually uh, literally at the time that uh, just out of high school when oh, Becky so became you, pregnant. So, so you're you know, not so, even married yet. No, I'm not even married yet, <laughs> you know. Grief. So, so yeah. So anyways, I just knew I was going to follow him wherever it led, mm-hmm. you know. And 
of course, my hopes, my dreams were that it would have led to uh, a marriage mm-hmm. that um, endured the test of time. Right. You know, but uh, I think in some ways we both probably were fooling ourselves or not being honest with right. ourselves and with each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why were we getting married? Was it because there was this child on the way or are we entering yeah. truly freely and of our own will? Yep. Right? Yep. And so this was that, this was that difference. So. Anyway, so when it came time that um, uh, that it came time that uh, the divorce happened, and she decided to leave. You know, uh, in the end, I'd already worked through this major forgiveness obstacle mm-hmm. that had taken place, and so I'm just like, okay, God, now just show me how I'm supposed to love in the midst of this situation, right? You know, and so I worked on it, and I just we um, really have a good relationship today, good, and we've had a good, good relationship that time just knowing where we were both at in the situation mm-hmm. uh, but in that process here I am um, a young dad with a four uh, five-year-old and a four-year-old and there's many years before I could you know actually if I were to go and become a priest it would take years so I yes so in that time was the process of discovery right. and really it was the discovery that through some various dating of some great Christian girls, great Catholic girls that, um, in some ways I discovered that, uh, they were becoming in some ways an inconvenience ministry, right? That's right. terrible to say, <laughs> sorry out there. But in the end, it, what it helped me to discover was that, uh, that was where God was showing me. I had a priest right, right. Had a heart that wasn't meant to love just that one person. Mm. That God helped me to discover that he had a heart that wanted to me to be able to embrace right. more. Right. right? And that's, uh, so when I discovered I had a priestly heart, uh, I just quit dating. And so okay. that was at about 34, 35. Okay. And I entered seminary at, well, I took the gamble that Bishop would accept me, right? <laughs> you know, so. This would have been Bishop I, Swain. Yeah, because yeah. I still had to <laughs> wait whether or not the kids were older. And right. then at that time, say whether or not he You'd was going to accept me, you know. But, mm-hmm. but I took the gamble and, you know, God's providence, he, <laughs> Bishop said yes and. You're probably like the oldest guy in the seminary. Well, no, actually, no? <laughs> I went out to Holy Apostles Seminary in Connecticut. Okay. So the nickname is Holy Fossils, right? <laughs> so, so at that time, I'd like to just state that I was in the middle of the road. Okay, so I was this the, is like the old guy cemetery. I was the I was, old guy cemetery, exactly. <laughs> cemetery, that's not right. what I meant. No, seminary. That, that happens, I said it, didn't I? That happens more often than not, right? So, but in the end, yeah, so out there, uh, I was even just the year before there was a guy from Canada that was ordained at 72, right? Wow. But I studied with a lot of guys in their 60s who mm-hmm. were widowers and then oh, sure. entered yeah. seminary. And then there were just guys who were uh, guys that were living the generous single life and embraced the... Took a while to get them there. took a while, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then there were a few in the same circumstances as I, that they'd right. gone through divorce, went through the annulment process and yeah. um, are also... Uh, priests priest everyone now. else were around different dioceses. That's really cool. So um, we don't have a ton of time left. So let's make these good, right? Um, what has been your favorite part of being a priest so far? Uh, definitely celebrating the mass. Yeah. Okay. You know, for for me, uh, I said when I celebrated the mass, it was almost as though when I celebrated it the first time, I was praying fully human. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was praying with body, soul, my senses, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And it was like, always so incorporated. It's like, oh, this is what it's like <laughs> to really pray, right? Pray the and mass. Yeah. Pray the mass. And so in that, um, 
that's still been one of those consolations after mm-hmm. these four years that my uh, my favorite part of the church. Yeah. Which other parishes have you been pastor at? Uh, just I was, was at it? I was in Groton, Groton that's and right. Turton. Okay. And then the Newman Center in Aberdeen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I bet you enjoyed that time it was with great. those young folks. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I I enjoyed. Uh, uh, I said my two years in Groton and Turton. They really were my kind of my retreat. You know, my two year <laughs> retreat. <until laughs> Bishop called me back into the deep waters. You're like, oh. Right? So, but it's good. It's, it's, okay. it's all an adventure. Good. Um, what's been the most challenging thing, do you think? Uh, well, uh, right now, just challenging right now is just um, trying to wrap my head around this this big parish yeah. of St. Michael. Yeah. Uh, so in some ways, uh, just trying to continue to be docile to the Holy Spirit and, mm-hmm. and trusting in divine providence that where I lack, God will provide because yeah. if he called me there, I always remind him, you, you got to help this. me. Right? So, so yeah. Well, you must but, be doing okay. I've heard a lot of um, good comments from uh, parishioners there who have really uh, like you. Okay. So that's good, well, right? Yeah, that is good. You know, and, uh, and, and it goes both ways. You know, yeah. I like the people. Yeah. And we have a great associate. Yes. Scott Miller, yes. right? For mm-hmm. here from Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. What a blessing to have him. And, I, it would made also made me more comfortable going back, knowing the staff that I was walking oh, yeah, yeah. into. You for know, sure. so I was, had a lot of capable hands mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. That's so, for sure. It's a blessing. Um, what if you had a young man or even an older man who was divorced or whatever come to you and say, "Hey, I I think I might be hearing the call of the priesthood. What should I do? What would you tell him?" Yeah, I, uh, first thing I would recommend is uh, going and let's let's go and have you hook up with the vocations director mm-hmm. here in Sioux Falls to really talk to the vocation team mm-hmm. here at the diocese. But I, I hope at the same time I could journey with them, right. You know, in that to say, well, let's, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. We'll have a lunch or something, you know, that yeah. we can explore this more, but to continue to, um, I would say we, we have to wake up being faithful to who we are today. Right. Mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. Right now, just continue to be, you know, if they were early high school, continue to live out faithfulness where you're at and trust that God will continue to help this unfold. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think of the book of Judges where Gideon was just gleaning wheat. Well, was he faithfully gleaning wheat each day and he was just doing what he's supposed to do? And, and then all of a sudden yeah. God calls him. Yep. So let's just continue to try to be faithful to who God called us to be today. Right. And trust that if he wants us to move someplace else, He'll move He'll us move. if we give him permission. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so true. You've experienced that in your own life yeah. many times, so that's great advice. Um, our time is already up, and oh, I yeah. knew that was going to happen with you because you have such a great story, and it's not a short one. So I <laughs> <laughs> um, really thank you for coming in today, Father Hartman. I know you're super busy, and we're recording this on Ash Wednesday, and he was kind enough to come in on a very busy day for him. So Yeah, it's a blessing to be here and a blessing yeah. to be part of the diocese and a yeah. blessing to be part of St. Michael. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Uh, You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube anytime at SF Diocese. And, of course, at our website at sfcatholic.org. You can find all kinds of information about what's going on in the diocese, things you can be a part of. So come there anytime. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic News.